0: Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin.
1: This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Abby Sims. Abby, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide.
0: Yeah, thanks, Kevin. I'm glad to be here.
1: So this it's a kind of a unique interview today. Abby is actually sitting in the town where every person on the planet that I am related to by blood that is older than me lives. <laughs> so yeah. I am, I am 1100 miles away from everybody I'm related to. And she is sitting probably a, a driver nine iron away from him right now. So how's the weather in Bryan, Arkansas?
0: Its wonderful. It's nice and 80 and uh, it's, um, it's been pretty sunny. It's beautiful spring weather. We had our last little cold snap last week I hope and full on spring.
1: Ready for spring to come on? Well, as you're getting ready for spring, why don't you share a little bit about Abby with our guest with our listeners?
0: Sure, thanks Kevin. Yeah. so so for the people who don't know where your family lives, <laughs> <laughs> Bryant uh, is, Arkansas is just 20 minutes south of Little Rock and uh, i'm actually a transplant to this area i'm originally from south jersey but i moved here uh, about 18 years ago and fell in love with the state um, i fell in love with a guy too and got married <laughs> and <laughs> between us we have three kids um, i'm a full stack software developer and it's kind of by accident really i went to school to study poli- uh, political journalism and uh, after two years i decided that wasn't really my bag i didn't like um didn't really enjoy the classes and I wasn't doing very well. So I dropped out of college, which was kind of crazy for a straight A student who graduated early from high school to go to college. Uh, But I had to admit failure a little bit and regroup. And uh, I ended up creating my first PHP web application in 1999.
1: Wow. That's early days. Yeah, that is early days.
0: Yeah, playing us a video game. We were playing a, a computer game online called EverQuest. So anyone who maybe gamed around that era will, will recognize just how addictive that game was. Um,
1: it's a precursor it was, to Fortnite, right?
0: Yeah, and World of Warcraft. There you go.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, so I made this app, and um, it, I mean, it was not very good. Obviously, I was learning as I was going, but I but I really thought, hey, this I could do this. And so I... Decided to go back to school, took some night classes to learn how to program.
1: Isn't that called failing forward? I mean, you know, once you uh, you have a little knock in life, when, if you're just kind of leaning into it and leaning forward, that uh, good things will happen.
0: Yeah. Um, like I said, it was really accidental. Nobody had suggested to me ever at any point growing up that I should go into a computer science related field. So I'm really fortunate that, you know, it, it just it happened because I, I really enjoy it.
1: I just clicked. So, so yeah. walk us through kind of this, uh, I mean, there's a big gap here between, you know, your, your first app that you were, you developed, you yeah. said it wasn't very good to actually leading a, a successful company today. So kind of walk us through that journey.
0: Sure. Yeah. So I have, you know, I moved to Arkansas. Um, it was right after the dot-com bust, you know, right. so I was from South Jersey and, uh, I got out of school in 2000 and it, you know, everybody else got out of their jobs in 2000. And so we were all looking for the same jobs and, you know, 9-11 happened. And I just thought, you know, uh, I had an opportunity to come here and I just thought, why not? You know, um, just so I anyway, I came here and I ended up landing in a couple of different places that really formed me as a developer. Um, I worked for the state for a little bit. Uh, and then I worked for a company that oversees electrical transmission, um, which I know nothing about electrical transmission, but I was writing software and report dashboards, um, and, you know, and learning. Um, but you know, I th- did that, and then I ended up in a couple of, uh, agencies, web agencies. Um, and I really, that was where I really, uh, kind of started to get the itch to get my own clients and mm-hmm. do more work, um. And so when I had my youngest child in 2011, I decided to go work as a contractor for some friends. And, um, and I had some really great uh, enterprise clients uh, and a, a really large tourism client that we worked on some really fun stuff. But as I did that, I even, again, I, I started thinking like, well, if this is gonna be my job, I need to be thinking about you know pay, benefits, retirement. And uh, I just kind of realized as an independent contractor in the scenario I was in, that was going to be a short-term thing. Yeah. So um, I decided rather than go find another job, to go make my own. <laughs> and, uh, and in 2014, I started to separate from my friend's company and just formed iDestiny.
1: So has it morphed from 2014 to today? I mean, from what you first started or guys that you wrote down on that, you know, that cocktail napkin, your first business plan. I mean, what does it look like today versus what you initially thought?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what I initially thought was I would uh, work half as much and make the same money, right?
1: <laughs> Every entrepreneur's dream. or Maybe yeah, maybe it's a more of a nightmare. What do you think?
0: Yeah. I think I had read Brennan Dunn's double your freelancing rate right around that time. And mm-hmm. so I had all these mechanisms in my mind that I was going to, you know, charge $150 an hour and just work 20 hours a week. Right. Yeah. But no, um, I quickly realized that that, um, was not all that was entailed having a business and I didn't really want to be working by myself. So I knew I wanted to grow a team at some point. So that meant I had a lot more work to do than just find one client and work for them, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so we, uh, kind of grew that the first year, my goal was really just to replace my income, you know, just to, that was my initial goal is just pay my Don't, don't take a pay cut, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you can work I,
1: 120 hours a week, but just don't take a pay cut. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. Well, and and then, and in the end, I I was fortunate. I was I was able to do that. Like I I I I made almost exactly what I had made the year before in my first year. Um, wow. And it was you know, and I put and it was all mine, right? It was all my uh, you know, my clients, my effort, and um, and so from there, I started to uh, kind of take on more work than I can handle. I was, Mm -hmm. you know, and I had some contractors that I had some friends that did some work for me, uh, part-time moonlighting, you know, nights and weekends for me. And when I had enough of that, that I had a full-time person, I just decided, okay, it's time to make my first hire. Mm. Um, And most of my hires from there have, have worked out a lot like that, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that we just kind of continued to grow the business, the work that we have to a point that we know we can handle an additional person.
1: Right. So did you also, it also gives you kind of a chance to have a test run with, with people if they're, if they kind of work and do some contract jobs for you before you bring them on full-time.
0: Yeah, sometimes um, that, that was the case with my first hire. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, the thing with professional contractors, though, is they know they're, they know they have a pretty, um, they're pretty in demand. Mm. So Um, if, uh, you have to, anyway, most of them are pretty booked up all the time. And when they have downtime, it's not the end of the world. So, (laughs) so they, are not, you know, although today with the rise of remote work, it might be a little easier to convince them to stop doing sales themselves. But, um, but yeah, I've, it's been a mix. I've definitely, um, have hired some of those original contractors and, um, you know they end up sometimes too they're entrepreneurs and they want to do their own thing too yeah. so sometimes yeah, you don't. don't know how
1: long you're going to keep them but mm-hmm. and i imagine the ones that are not booked up may not be very good at what they do so <laughs> there, there may be a reason that they're not well, booked up
0: you know i i love arkansas but i you know i'll say um you know everyone here is so relaxed you know it's not um you know when i, I my feeling about like philadelphia and new york city was mm. it just you know it's like it's very competitive um and i think people here like to enjoy the natural state yeah. so they're just competitive enough they don't really mind if they have a nice uh and it goes so much further here like mm-hmm. i mean you know uh, a seventy-five thousand dollars salary in arkansas is way different than it would be
1: oh yeah i mean just yeah. just get on zillow and look at the housing prices and on the east coast where, where i live and versus the the you know in the midwest it's it is amazing the difference but so i've got a question for you so you know, i hear this all the time and i you know there, we have a lot of listeners that are not you know techies so mm-hmm. what in the world is a full stack developer
0: aha uh-huh. that's a great question so um basically what it means is i can build the database and i could build the user interface and i could build all the stuff in between so the thing that makes them talk to each other um You know so not not to get really technical about it yeah Uh, (laughs) there's a lot of
1: include like cx and like the the customer experience and the user experience and all that or is that more on the design side of things
0: yeah so that as well um not all full stack developers are designers and i i um i like to say that i have an eye for design Mm
1: -hmm. but i don't
0: draw so if i'm given a framework um you know a design system then i can absolutely design an application and I do dabble in logos but I, I don't draw <laughs> um, but that's where you know yes if uh, this way you have to surround yourself with other talented people so they can bolster those strengths uh, but yes it, I, I do all the design work for IDestiny right now all the apps that come through, I, I will sit in a, uh, the initial part of the work at least and lay the framework out, you know, so that people know what, what things should generally look like. And then from there, most of my developers can, you know, figure out, um, the, the, in the, the little details, you know, right. the big, right. the, I set the big picture, um, and work on sort of the overall branding and look and feel and the the flow that, uh of where things will be and how things will interact and then you know usually from there it's you know it's it's kind of like a form is a form <laughs> like um so they can usually get it from there but and then just do some tweaking afterwards but
1: so tell me I iDestiny, let's drill drill down a little bit on the company itself. I mean, is it a software as a service? Is it an app development company? Is it an IT service company? Is it a web development company? Is it all the above? I mean, how, how would you define, you know, if, if, like you and I are stepping onto an elevator, we're going to go up 10 floors, give me the, give me the elevator pitch for iDestiny.
0: Sure. Yeah. So what I like uh, to tell people is, you know, we, we have almost an app for everything today. I mean, you pick up your phone and you go in the, the store and there's a million bazillion apps out there and there's almost something for everything. They may not all be very good, um, but, but there almost is something. And uh, uh, but for businesses like, the, you know, they might be able to find a great accounting platform or HR platform an invoicing platform, but then going to look at their job system and the way they process transactions internally and they can't find something that fits um so they will shoehorn themselves into somebody else's product Mm. and then all of their intellectual property all their data is in somebody else's platform um and maybe it's difficult for them to get at it and work with it or if there is an api you know like again it's it's still this hard process to get to it so so that's where we come in. And, you know, what I we we have a, a couple of specialties that, that I uh, at least the way I look at it is one is is creating custom business platforms. Um, so that what that basically means is helping them untangle that mess of, you know, they have a great product for a few things and they have they need a great product that sits in between them and and handles the parts that don't. So, you know, if they get an order in and they have to you know, do all these manual steps in between sending out an invoice. You know, we can build software that they track all those steps and then maybe it just automatically sends the invoice. Um, you know, so we want to get rid of those manual steps. We want to get people out of their tracking work out of their email inbox. So then, um, also, with that, we do a lot of uh, we, we do some startup software. So you talk about yes, we we can we can build uh, SaaS products. We have uh, and recently even just uh, had a client launch one. Um, you know, we can we focus a lot on trying to help people build the their you know the MVP or the ver- the version 1.0 of their mm-hmm. product right. and help them make really good decisions about what they really need to launch versus what can wait. that's um, very um, I have. Even here in Arkansas, we have a lot of people that start software startups and they end up falling into those traps of, you know, to get it done cheaply. They outsource it overseas and then it's still, you know, maybe it was maybe they got it for a cheaper price, but it comes with this it's kind of buggy. It mm-hmm. never works quite right. Um, it's hard to manage that team. And, um, uh, so we, we try to balance that we can't, we're, you know, we're not as cheap as an overseas team, but you know, how can we help? Well, we can help by reducing scope to, to a manageable amount of work that really meets what they're trying to do without I haven't even
1: heard horror stories of people like holding at this for ransom mm-hmm. you know like they they do the work and then they won't release the work to you until well you know the price is going to be double now you know that type of thing or
0: yeah um you know and i from experience you know it's they don't have to threat very hard either um and and it most people you know the even some savvy technical-ish founders, you know, when it comes to trying to recover their stuff out of AWS or Azure, you know, they're stuck. They don't know where to go. I yeah. mean, the, the, I've, I have a, a friend who had it kind of happen to him recently, and um, and they weren't going to give him his code. Well, he had his code. He didn't know he had his code because mm. he <laughs> he didn't understand the concept of you know where that was housed. So he was kind of waiting for them to send him a zip file. And it's like, you know, no, um, you've already got it. <laughs> yeah. You don't need them. Just kick them to the curb, <laughs> but, but you know, we do, we've definitely helped some startups in that area. Even if we're not building their MVP, we help them kind of, you know, get their platform underneath them and um, maybe make some different choices.
1: I mean, it sounds like you have a wide variety of services. I mean, maybe what you've described is, is pretty refined and pretty narrow in scope, but it sounds like to me, you, you virtually can do a lot of different things. And, you know, it's, um, have you, have you struggled a little bit, like in the, I guess, what, seven years you've, you've had the company, have you struggled in trying to like focus like you know like you know should i niche down should i go wide should you know how do i do i kind of dabble in a lot of areas and see what's really going to take kind of what spaghetti sticks on the wall type thing i mean how how is as the founder of of my destiny how have you worked through that
0: yeah i i still do all the time um you know from a like a business vertical perspective i'm just not ready to settle down you know that's kind of how i look at it um i I, there are things that we won't do. There are definitely verticals that I can go, you know, I don't really want to build software for rockets. Okay. Like, I mean, (laughs) I don't want to be responsible for that level of liability, (laughs) but you know, um, But there's plenty of stuff that we can do but then i i I really don't know we may fall in love with a vertical one day or a particular product Mm -hmm. we're building and and we may niche down but for for now we really focus more on um on this kind of business that we work with um you know and they tend to be smaller organizations you know we're really not a fit for enterprise software development Mm -hmm. you know we're um we have just enough processes is what I like to say. And, you know, a lot of times some of these larger companies want you to have a whole lot more structure, rules, organization. And so I like to find people who are okay with, you know, that kind of uh, pragmatism, I guess, is kind right. of what I like to say. Right. It's just, you know, if, if, if you're going to be, if your company is already past that and you have to go through a bunch of hoops to get anything done we're probably not a fit to work together anyway because mm-hmm. my team just wants to get things done um, and i mean i fortunately so far we're able to operate just fine with that well. set of values <laughs> <Yeah. So. laughs> i, I
1: would think that would keep you away from like government contracts and things like that, that that have a high bar you know of entry and and speaking of a lot of yeah. hoops you have to jump through
0: Yeah, we are navigating that too. We have a couple of state clients. Um, Some smaller projects are pretty easy to kind of get in, but Mm -hmm. the larger that the project gets, the more that I know that that's not a fit for us. But there are still a lot of smaller agencies in a lot of states that uh, that we can help um, and we can we can augment some of their teams a little bit. Um, You know, we have worked with a couple of state, you know, we've had two different State clients, and one of those clients, we've had multiple projects where they just have more stuff than they can get done. Right. Um, so, yes, the larger state projects, it, I don't even know if I want to get started. Federal, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's a
1: whole new level. That's right. You yeah. Start doing yeah, U.S. wide well, projects.
0: It's really frustrating, uh, as well. You know, kind of knowing what I know, you know, how much money that the government will spend on some of these projects yeah. when they they really don't have to. Um, uh, but you know I it's not my battle to fight quite yet.
1: <laughs> is it is it fair to say that some of the service you provide might be like Zapier for small business? I mean, is, is that a is that a good comparison? Like are you are you trying to be almost an API between two like off the shelf? software functions, or are you trying to actually design the system itself?
0: Yeah. So a lot of times what we're trying to do is figure out, you know, if the company had a dashboard, what would be on it. And then when you know those things you can look at, well, you know, where can they get that data from today? Is there already a system that, that they're working with that works well to collect that data? And when there isn't data available, That's usually when we get an indicator that, you know, they probably need some technology, they need a web app to track, you know, to enter these details, um, to send notifications to... Um, warn them when something is overdue, right? Like we start to see, you know, sometimes they, like I said, they have products that work okay for parts of things, but then there's those gaps where they don't. So that's really what we do is try to come in and figure out, you know, how can we build a dashboard for the various roles in the company? Um, it's not just, you know, the business owner's dashboard, but, you know, you may have four departments in your company and each of them need to look at things a little differently. And they don't need to be distracted by some things, so we're trying to build applications that give people just what you know, depending on their job role, just what they need mm-hmm. to do to do work. Um, but then I mean, also
1: gotta, give that. A, oh,
0: I'm sorry. Go yeah, ahead. No, yeah, I mean, you also give them that ability to roll it up and um, and make it accessible to make decisions off of.
1: Right. Use. I mean, usable, usable yeah. data. I mean, I understand. So. It's, uh, I mean, it's interesting that, I mean, as you're describing your service, I mean, you not only have to understand the tech, you've got to understand the business process itself. You, you have to be, you have to have an entrepreneur's hat on or a founder's hat or a CEO's hat or a, you know, a C-suite hat on that says, I've got to understand how this works and what they should or how it should work. And then we can build systems to kind of support that.
0: Yeah, well, maybe that's where my interest in politics and journalism helps me. (laughs) For maybe the early training, being able to ask questions and assess things. I hadn't really thought about that. But maybe there's something to that, you're right. um, You know, really the knowing what to do is, is, is sometimes the hardest thing, you know, Mm -hmm. it's um, being able to look at what's going on in a business and, and give them that kind of advice, you know, a lot of times they, they know something about where to start. Now, you know, I I don't want to come in and tell them how to run their business. That's not, not necessarily what what I'm trying to do. I want to come in and understand how they do things today and help them imagine a way it could work. Mm. And if that feels sticky, like they like that, then, then we go do that, you know, right um, change is hard. So we like to really approach things, uh, pr- slowly in phases and, I, and not too slow. I just, you know, like
1: incrementally. Let's, yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's look at what do we want to get done in six months. And, and if we can't get it done in six months, we you know, let's put it off and then maybe do that phase next year. Um, so that we can make sure that they, you know, learn once they have what they thought they wanted. A, mm-hmm. a little bit they kind of learn okay well we can do these things um but yeah we do actually you know a, a lot of, sometimes use zapier um, mm-hmm. in the middle of things um again it's like it's a thing that watches for things to happen it's and, a tool yeah and yeah why, don't want to reinvent that um, right. there are definitely uh times where that that's that's all that's needed that hey once this record hits the database you know go trigger an invoice you know we don't There's already an API for that right there. So, um, you know, there are obviously um, pluses and minuses to all of those decisions. You know, Um, I I love Zapier. I mean, it gives you such a great user interface, lots of data. If something doesn't work, you can replay tasks. I mean, if you try to roll your own system that does that.
1: Mm. Yeah, a lot of tech behind that. (laughs) That's for sure. That is for sure. Have you, have you seen COVID have an impact on your business? And I mean, are, are you all distributed or are you working in a central office there or yeah. how does that work and how, how have you seen it COVID impact that?
0: So we do have a small office. All of my team is here locally. Um, that was, it's always been important to me really to have a, 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 a team that could be accessible to each mm-hmm. other. Um, and, I, part of what I really wanted to do was uh, I wanted to hire uh, less, ex- I don't want to say less experienced. I mean, I wanted to mix, right? I wanted to be creating jobs uh, for for students coming out of college and, um, you know, juniors, you know, and so I wanted to have a good mix and I, I felt like to really mentor those kinds of folks that we need to be together yeah um, and we have we we work actually at the local high school here we have a high school intern every year we mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to do that if we were fully remote at least not very easily um, but so we um we have a, basically a, a three out of five day policy come in. Um, mm-hmm. uh, when, when COVID first hit, we were all, you know, it was kind of, everyone was trying to figure out what was going on. We stayed home for probably two months and just worked from home. Right. Um, uh, but once, you know, eased up, our office is pretty large. There was, there was only five of us at the moment. So, you know, it's pretty easy spread out, to yeah. Space out. Yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, but even when we're in the office, we use Slack, and you know we we might be sitting next to some you know close enough anyway that we could talk, but a lot of times we're still typing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's a that's a the social dilemma you know movie that that talks about you know we're still locked into our phones type thing. Yeah. So you know, well, it's like, weird.
0: Yeah, I yeah. there's I, um I, it's Slack and all these things. They've really changed me. I mean, I get annoyed when my phone rings now. You
1: know? yeah, I understand.
0: <laughs> like, why are you calling me? Text me, you know, like, let me give me. <laughs> you're just interrupting my day. Like, I have nothing else to do but answer your phone call. Yeah, um, I think, you know, all this technology has changed the way we interact with one another. And yep. I don't I don't think it's any less impersonal necessarily for
1: right.
0: us to, you know, Kind of put the message out. And Man, that, that a bit. Of, Yeah, if they're available. We can pop up and talk.
1: Yeah. No. it's like you know Teams and Zoom stuff like that. It has, is is it a green light? Is it a red light? Is it a yellow yeah. light? I mean, am I am I some, somewhat busy in a meeting? You know, so don't bother me. But I I'm curious, like if uh, if you could jump in a time machine, go back to 2014. What is maybe one, maybe two things that you thought, man, if I knew that then what I know now, it would be a game changer. What's, what's mm-hmm. like one thing that would really come to mind that you're going, I wish I would have known that it would have been a completely different, different journey.
0: Yeah. Um, wow. You know, there are definitely some lessons I have learned along the way. Um, you know, if, that you know i'm trying to think what is that big wow there are a lot of little wow you know um, not putting your eggs all in one basket you know i think that's something we all have you know any business owner is going to learn you know no matter how much you like the person and no matter how awesome an opportunity is it is not a good idea to only have one client yeah. <laughs> uh, uh so that that would have saved me some heartache in in my third year um and then um You know, I think still, if there was like one thing that I could go back, um, and tell myself when I was starting, um, probably would be, you know, a lot of that sales funnel stuff, funnel stuff, but not, but not, not even, I think I was actually too tied up on creating a sales funnel. And I was afraid to make those outbound calls, mm. right? I was just afraid to ask for the sale. Yeah. So I would definitely go back and ask for myself, the
1: sale or close.
0: Well, well, just, I think, I think b- both, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I think I was, you know, a little, I wanted people to come to me and ask for services.
1: Okay. Yeah. Right.
0: And I think that's what I would kind of go back and just say, you know, you're a very confident person. Don't be afraid to just ask, you know, uh, that, you know, I think, I felt like that was, like I said, I just wanted them to come to me and I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be pushy and I've learned, you know, now, you know, over the years that, that it's not, it's not, you know, there's, yes, there's a, there's a, an appropriate time to ask for the sale, but you have to build toward that moment.
1: Right. right. Um,
0: so there's, you know, I would kind of go back and just tell myself to, you know, just make connections, follow up those connections, check in with them, tell them what's going on. And then occasionally say, hey you know (laughs) we're gonna run a special for the next three months and and do roadmaps for half off i don't know like that's the kind of thing i would kind of go back and say don't be afraid to just ask for people to work with you
1: that is sage advice and it's, it's kind of right off the cuff too, because I didn't tell her I was going to ask that question before, but uh, did, you did a great job of, of I mean, I really love those two. I mean, it's diversify and don't be afraid to ask. I mean, what's the worst they can say is no. So Abby, as we, as we wrap up today, I, I would really like you to, to tell us maybe who would be an ideal client for iDestiny and then just tell people where they can find you online. So make the sale. Ask for the sale here. There you go. Yes. (laughs) She's not afraid anymore, folks.
0: (laughs) Well, if you uh, are still running any kind of operations out of an Excel or a Google spreadsheet, we should talk. If um, you know, if your your to-do list is just solely your email inbox, we definitely you know that we can fix that too. Um, You know, we want to create systems for people so they can hand off the work. They can train anybody to come and do that um, That next, whatever it is that you're doing, somebody else needs to be able to do it. And we can't do it if it's in these silos. So, you know, uh, if you're a small to medium-sized company that likes working with some people that are, you know, really down to earth and pragmatic, we work fully transparently, we want, we want um, you to know as much or as little about what we're doing as you want. And then, uh, yeah, you know, we'd, we'd love to talk just to see if it's a fit.
1: And they can find you. What's the easiest place to find you?
0: Yeah. So um, our website, definitely, I would love for people to check it out. It's idestiny.com. That's I-D-E-S-T-I-N-I dot um, And then we're uh, mostly on Facebook and LinkedIn. We're occasionally on Twitter. Uh, our handle is idestiny on all of those. So definitely can look us up there. And um, and just send us a message. I'd love to chat.
1: So I, I am really curious. Where did the name come from?
0: Okay. All right. So going back uh, to the EverQuest days, um, when I created the website for the guild, I needed to kind of create an email address. And I had a Yahoo or something, but I wanted my own. My character's name was Destiny Dari, And so I got... My destiny, because in 1999 it was I everything iPod, I, yeah. you know. It, anyway, everybody was doing that, um, and uh, when I was trying to figure out a name for my business, I couldn't figure out a color and a noun combination that I liked well enough. So I said, "I already have this domain name. I've had it forever. Let's just why make it not?
1: I mean, what's a Google?
0: It, <laughs> okay. I was the only thing that was going to come back, you know. So <laughs> Who, you, can't, you can't ask for that very often these days.
1: Exactly, exactly. So. Well, I love the backstory and, and <laughs> uh, I love everything that you you share today. And, and it's just been a pleasure to kind of hear your story, hear your business transition and, and just kind of the things that, you know, the, the why that gets you out of bed in the morning. And um, Abby, just thank you again for just taking time to, to share with us and share the story of iDestiny and just really playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Abby, have a great week.